Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. What a fascinating story and recount of the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand. I loved it. This is a recap, a little bit of that interview I did with Patty Aubrey. And just if you didn't get a chance to hear it, it's about how they built the Chicken Soup for the Soul brand and, you know, sold all those books and changed the whole world and changed the whole industry. And it's just a little bit of, you know, just fun to go behind the scenes and see how that all worked out. And so I thought for today's episode, I would stay in the theme of book launching and book selling. And I'm going to walk you through the five of the most common reasons why authors miss bestseller lists. Obviously, Chicken Soup of the Soul came out years ago. And so it was fun to see how they bundled things and packaged them together to you know sell so many books. In recent years, this has been a huge part of what we do at Brand Builders Group. We've helped 14 different authors become New York Times or Wall Street Journal bestsellers at this point, including myself, of course, which we've done. And it is something that we just we know a lot about. And we are working with all of the biggest publishers in the world, pretty much, and many of the biggest authors in the world. And, you know, so many of our clients at Brand Builders Group are authors at some point or aspiring authors. And so we, you know, we don't just do book launches, but that's one of the things that we do really, really well. And we've had a really strong track record of success, especially here consistently in the last couple of years. So I want to talk about the five biggest risks that we see for why authors don't hit bestseller lists. And number one is volume risk. So by far, the number one reason why most authors don't hit the major bestseller list is simply because of sheer volume. You know, the way that these lists work, you know, the two major ones, New York Times and Wall Street Journal, we do follow others. We follow USA Today, we follow Amazon, we follow, 
you know, the Washington Post, we follow Publishers Weekly. There's several other lists, but the two main ones, New York Times and Wall Street Journal, are the biggest and the most credible. And people just have no idea how much volume it takes. Now, these lists, most of them are weekly. The New York Times does have a monthly bestseller list that is a business bestseller list, which actually there's more than just business books that qualify for that list. We see psychology books appear on there and self-help books also appear on there. But the main list that most of our clients at Brand Builders Group are going for and that we've hit is the New York Times Advice Weekly How-To List, which is arguably the toughest list there is. It's it's a very, very competitive list. And then in the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal has a nonfiction list that many of our clients hit in its all formats, paperback, you know, and hardcover, but all different nonfiction BISAC codes. And then there is the Wall Street Journal business list. And all three of those are the kind of the main three lists that we track and that we're helping clients hit because that's mostly what we do, right? Is nonfiction, business, self-help, health, psychology, et cetera. So in order to hit these bestseller lists, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen, right? Part of which I'll talk about here in this episode. But the first thing is you have to have a volume of units and you have to understand that not every sale counts, only sales at certain outlets count. They're called reporting outlets or reporting retailers. And so that's one of the things that we do when we advise our clients on their strategy. One of the things that we talk about is making sure their sales count. And that's something that we often help authors with in addition to helping them create the strategy for how to sell a lot of books we also have a lot of strategies around making sure the sales count because if you sell books at the back of the room, like let's say you're a speaker and you sell at the back of the room, those books don't count for the bestseller list. They have to be sold through reporting retailers and that's a whole puzzle and game in and of itself. But the way that these bestseller lists work is they are weekly lists and so they are the number of units sold through all you know reporting retailers within a certain period and window and usually that is one week. And in this case, these three, they are in one week. And, you know, just we have a data science team that tracks this specifically. And once someone becomes a client, we actually share a lot of this data with them. The actual specifics, I'll give you some broad numbers here, though. But, you know, roughly to make a run at a New York Times bestseller, you roughly need to have around 15,000 units in a week. We have had clients that we've been able to hit with less, but we also know people who have missed with more than that. And so again, part of it depends on how the sales happen and where the sales happen, which is one of the things that we just try to speak into and that we do speak into because we're really good at it. Even though our main focus is just teaching authors how to ethically and honestly sell a lot of books. So you got to get about like 15,000 units though, just to be a candidate, you know, to hit the New York Times. So that's not easy. And then a Wall Street Journal nonfiction bestseller, you know, roughly speaking on most weeks and every week is different. And that's something that we look at and track is when's the best time to publish, to hit bestseller lists, et cetera, and who your publisher is. There's lots of things like that. But there is around 10,000 units is usually what you're going to have to sell in a week to be a candidate for a Wall Street Journal nonfiction bestseller. And then for the Wall Street Journal business, that one fluctuates, you know, quite a bit, but we typically say 3,000 units sold in a week. And you know, that's a lot of books to sell in a week. So, you know, you've got to create a campaign and a strategy, but that's the number one reason why authors don't hit is they just, they have volume risk. They don't have enough volume 
pushing through and also in the right locations. Like they don't know who the proper reporting retailers are and they don't have a strategy there and they don't even know that they don't know that that matters. And so, I mean, I see sales, I see books every week. I mean, I just looked up one yesterday, a book that sold 4,000 units in a week should have hit a bestseller list and it didn't, it missed. And clearly they didn't have someone advising them on, you know, the full picture of how to run these launches. But so volume risk is number one. And it's heartbreaking when people get the volume and miss. And the reason they often miss is because of number two, which is what I call technicality risk. So the technicality risk is just being unaware that there are so many technicalities that go into hitting these bestseller lists. Part of how I learned this is that one of the most heartbreaking moments of my professional career was when my second book, Procrastinate on Purpose, came out and we sold several thousand units. We should have been and we expected to be a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, which we were with Take the Stairs, my first book. And I sort of fully expected to do that. And we sold the units and then the bestseller list come out. And not only did we not hit number one, we weren't on the list at all. And that is part of what sent me down a journey of discovery because it was gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. Not because you need the title to feel important, but because you pour your heart and soul into something for years, you know, making a book and preparing and doing the launch. And, you know, we know a lot about launching books and this was at our former company, but so we weren't in the business of teaching people how to do this. But it was, you know, it was frustrating and discouraging and it felt political, right? I felt like I got hosed or somebody was against me or out to get me because I sold more books than the books on the list that week. And yet we didn't hit the list. And that's because of something called technicality risk. There are many different technicalities that have to be accounted for. And one of them, as an example, is something called your BISAC code, B-I-S-A-C. And so BISAC code is something that most authors don't even know about or don't even think to look at. Now, BISAC code stands for Book Industry Standards and Communications. And what it is, is it is like the way that the industry organizes and categorizes books, right? There's so many books, thousands of books, probably every month or maybe even every week that are coming out. And so these books get organized by category and the industry categorization method is called the BISAC code. And the BISAC code is the official category that your book is in. Well, for example, when it came to the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, what was so painful was that my second book was not properly categorized and it was categorized as a self-help book and really it's a business book. Well, why did that matter? It matters because self-help books never show up on the Wall Street Journal business bestseller list regardless of how many units they sell. So I did all of this work. Our team did all of this work. We pour our heart and soul into it. Our clients are rallying to support us. We're launching this book out into the world. We execute everything and we miss the list on a technicality. It was heartbreaking, right? And, you know, that book never took off like my first book, Take the Stairs, took off. And my first book continues to sell really, really well. Now, Procrastinating on Purpose, my second book has sold fine. I've earned out my advance. I get royalty checks. We sell, you know, a hundred plus copies every week still, but it never took off like Take the Stairs. And part of it, I think, was because we just, we lost a lot of that momentum of the bestseller and all the buzz. And it was because of an avoidable technicality. And yet no one brought it up to me. No one ever mentioned my literary agent, my publisher, my editor, you know, our marketing team, like our PR team. No one brought it up. I don't know that they knew to bring it up. I didn't know to bring it up. 
And so that's a part of where I started exploring this. And then ultimately, when we exited that business and started Brand Builders Group, one of the services that we started providing was book launch, you know, consulting and coaching and teaching people how to not only sell the books, but how to make sure their book sales count for the list and that you don't lose out to technicality risk. That's only one type of risk. There's other types of technicalities, geographic, there's publisher risk. Did you know that certain publishers are more likely to show up on the New York Times than other publishers? There are all these things that we track that are just technicalities and you just don't even know as an author and no one even brings it up. And you're so focused on just trying to sell books, which no one has a really good plan for unless you're working with us, then it's just like, man, it's really tricky. So you got to watch out for technicality risk and you need to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing and who understands and looks at these bestseller lists. And that's part of what we built at Brand Builders Group is a data science team that does nothing but track data just to understand how the bestseller lists work. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Number three is kind of closely related. We call it overestimation risk, overestimation risk. And this is definitely one of the reasons why authors miss the bestseller list, which is that they overestimate the importance of PR and social media. Now you might say like, how could you overestimate the importance of PR and social media? Well, PR and social media are good things. You need to do them. You should do them for your book launch. But for most authors, that's what they think is going to make or break hitting the list. And what we know in reality is that only 0.001%, that's what our team estimates after running several of these launches, of your social media following will convert to become book buyers. 0.001%, right? So if you're Eric Thomas, ET, the hip hop preacher, we helped Eric Thomas run his entire book launch, the strategy from beginning to end. And we hit the New York Times with ET, or he hit the New York Times, we got to be a part of it. And, you know, ET's amazing. He's a legend and he's got 5 million social media followers. Well, we estimate that around 5,000 of the book sales came from social media. How do we know that? Because we track all the sales and where all the sales come from. So that's if you're Eric Thomas, right? You might sell 5,000 units from that. So when we created Bestseller Launch Plan, which is our formal curriculum at Brand Builders Group, where we teach people the five mechanisms for how to sell a lot of books, we created that because we realized for ourselves that social media and PR doesn't sell that many books. Even when you get on the major podcasts, like the biggest podcasts in the world might move a few hundred copies, right? I mean, we've had clients and friends, and I've personally been on many of the biggest podcasts in the world. You might move a couple hundred, 300, a huge, huge podcast would move like 500 units. Even the Today Show or national television, right? We've had friends and clients get on the Today Show we might see a thousand units from that one appearance, which is good. You still need to do it. That's a thousand units. That's a thousand lives you're changing, but a thousand is nowhere near enough to hit any of the bestseller lists, let alone a New York Times, right? So you got to have a whole 
other strategy going on here to pull it off. I've been on national TV multiple times and I've seen my biggest national TV appearances might move a thousand units. I've had some national TV appearances where I can't even tell any sort of a you know delineable difference in book sales from a national TV appearance, which is hard to get. So there's this overestimation risk of PR and social media. That's not what move books. You need to figure out a better plan that's going to move them. And if you're a BBG client, obviously you go through the bestseller launch plan curriculum, you have access to it. We teach you the whole system. So watch out for that. Number four is inventory risk, inventory risk. And this one is another devastating, heartbreaking, tragic thing that gives me so much pain which is that authors do all this work to create the sales. They have all the money. They have all the people out there buying the books and the publishers haven't printed enough inventory or they have printed enough inventory, but it hasn't been shipped in time to get to the retailers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and all the independent stores and whatever. And so when your audience goes to buy the book, either it shows sold out and nobody can buy it Or what's even more frustrating is you can buy it. And so you'll place an order and you'll buy a book online and you will make the sale. They'll collect your money, but because they don't have the inventory, the retailers can't ship the books out in time. And so the books get reported when they ship. And so even though the sale happened in a certain week, The reporting of that sale doesn't happen till future subsequent weeks. And so you have an author's launch where everything they poured into this, their reporting gets diluted across multiple weeks. And I've seen that happen multiple times. And it typically happens with newer authors, younger authors, smaller publishing companies and smaller print runs because they just... They don't know how many books the author is going to sell. It's their first time. They can't take a huge risk to print a whole bunch of copies. They don't realize how important it is. And they underestimate how long it takes to print books and get them shipped. And then for the retailers to get them and checked into inventory and you could do everything else right. And then miss on this one, just again, sort of a horrible technicality of going, man, I created the sales. The sales are there. People spent the money. We had people buy that many units in a week but they didn't get reported because of the way that the inventory happens on the back end. And again, as an author, it's like, how do you know this? Like, you don't even know to know this. It's taken me years to figure this out and to learn this stuff. And it's obviously part of why we started Brand Builders Group and created the services that we have, one of which in this book launch in space. And that points to number five, which is the last one, which is planning risk. And this one is the one that's controllable. And this is, you know, the biggest controllable issue that authors have, which is they wait way too long to plan for their launch. Most authors don't plan for launching their book until their manuscript is done. And you might only have a few months before the book comes out. And that's not enough time to fully plan and execute and orchestrate and pull off the logistical masterpiece that has to take place in order for a book to become a bestseller. I mean, most of these clients that we're working with, we're helping them years in advance because they're BBG clients. And so we're helping them build their platform, build their speaking career, build the social media, build their podcast, build their funnels, right? Build their sales team, build their events. We're building all of this stuff up. And so they're already in position that we can execute a launch quickly. But if you're just rolling off the street as a new author, and you don't have a clue how to sell books and you don't have a team and you don't have a huge audience and you can't get on national TV, 
it's like, there's no chance. I mean, the ship has sailed before, you know, like that game is already over before it began. And it's just because you don't know and you don't realize that you have to plan. I mean, anything that takes excellence takes planning. Like you have to plan way out in advance. And so we tell even our ideal time is that we should be talking to an author about a year before the publication date of their book if they really want to make a run at a bestseller. Now, there's times where we have one regardless, right? Tom and Lisa Bilyeu hired us 13 days before their book launch. And in 13 days, we were able to grow their total sales over 30% in 13 days. And Lisa hit the USA Today bestseller list kind of just barely. And so we played a really significant role in that, which was great. But, you know, they also have a lot of things going for them that not every new person does, you know, so we were able to move some things and make things happen quickly. Can't always do that with up and comers. So you got to start planning early. And, you know, if you have a book or you want to have a book coming out within the next year, I mean, request a call with us now, like do not wait. I mean, and you can do that every week. If you go to freebrandcall.com slash podcast, we mention this every week. You can request a free call with our team and you can start getting educated on this and learning about this, but don't wait too long to plan. Otherwise, you'll miss your window. So there's a lot more going on here to becoming a best-selling author than just selling a lot of books. And those are the five biggest risks for why people miss the list. Hopefully by knowing them, it will help you avoid them. And if you're not sure or exactly clear on exactly how to do that, then talk to us and let us be your partner in this process. Share this episode with an author that you know, or someone who's an aspiring author, or someone who has a book coming out. This is a must listen to, must see episode if someone is an author. This can be life-changing information. So I hope you'll share that with somebody who is on that path. Thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.